Welcome to Internet Aesthetic, a podcast about the internet, aesthetics, culture, and media. We are two Vietnamese-American women who live in a society, and we're here to analyze it. Grab a snack and hang out with us. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Isa. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I am excited that it is fall. We had our first rain in California oh. a couple days ago. Yeah, very short-lived rain. Yeah, very short-lived, but it is signaling the start of fall. Yay. Lisa, how are you? I'm tired. <laughs> we just had a pottery class today. Yeah. And then we were like walking a lot. Mm-hmm. Hiked. Or not hiked, but we like walked up a bunch of stairs. It's basically a it hike. exhausting. Yeah. Oh, and then also just to like clarify for transparency for our audience, we are no longer recording together in one room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, we realized we had like the wrong mics for that, and so until we can afford even better mics, we're just gonna record virtually. Yeah. I think this works out too because we don't have to like meet up at like 8 p.m. Yeah. Our area is a little sketch. (laughs) So what are we talking about today, Isa? Speaking of fall, summer is over, we're moving over cottagecore, and Thought Girl Summer, and it is time for academia season. So today we wanted to talk about the academia aesthetic, the origin, why people love this aesthetic, why people hate it, and there are a lot of sub-aesthetics of academia too, so we'll we'll dive deep into all of them, including dark academia, light academia, chaotic academia, and more. Yeah, so to quote a Tumblr post... What the fuck is dark academia? Isn't the normal school system traumatizing enough? (laughs) (laughs) They aren't wrong. Who would ever want to go back to that? (laughs) So what what is academia, Lisa? Where did it start? Yeah, so like as with many things, this is something that kind of originated on Tumblr, you know, back in like the early 2010s with a lot of like book club type posts and like study blurs and things like that. I didn't know about that. That makes sense. This aesthetic, like many, has roots in several time periods throughout history. And I guess like you can say it like started from the very beginning in late 19th century like prep schools in Europe and the US. But I guess like today, we're, we're gonna touch on that, but we're mostly focusing on like the modern day resurgence of this aesthetic, which started in like the 2013-2015 era, like Lisa said. Mm -hmm. And we're focusing on it because now it has a name, whereas before, I think it was just, it wasn't even a style, it's just the way people dressed. Yeah, well, it's just the way people lived. Yeah, it's the way people lived. (laughs) They wouldn't say it was an aesthetic necessarily. I'm just going to school. Yeah, they're just going to school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It, like, became popular during 2020. I wonder why. According to the Aesthetics Wiki, the academia aesthetic refers to a group of aesthetics generally that involve learning, particularly through study, research, and reading. The main one probably is dark academia. Although, like, I learned about light academia first. Like, when I hear the word academia, light academia is the one that I think of. Mm -hmm. But I guess dark academia is bigger. Yeah, same. I think it's like academia is more our aesthetic. (laughs) I guess we can dive deep into the various 
subsets of academia, starting with dark academia, um, given that's the largest. So dark academia, quoting from the Aesthetics Wiki, it revolves around classic literature, the pursuit of self-discovery, and general passion for knowledge and learning. Most of the visuals in dark academia, they revolve around that upper class European culture from like the 1800s and all the way up until the 1940s of both Europe and American prep schools. Common subjects that people would study in this aesthetic are Latin, rhetoric, classics, art history, all that good stuff. And the visuals would include colors like black, dark brown, forest green, dark orange, cream and gold. Other images include dimly lit photographs, chiaroscuro and tenebrism. The artwork that they would focus on were mostly from the Renaissance, the Baroque era, neoclassical architecture, the academic and romantic era of art. Books that people in the dark academia aesthetic would not just, maybe they wouldn't read these books, but you would see these like covers, like book covers in, I don't know, like Tumblr posts or whatever, Instagram. Um, Books would include works by Lord Byron, Percy Shelley, Mary Shelley, and Edmund Burke. Most notably, there's The Secret History, and some people say that Harry Potter is a dark academia book. Yeah, I would classify it. (laughs) They learn there. It's kind of dark. As far as we know, it's dark academia. And then the most famous movie that I think encapsulates like the whole dark academia aesthetic is the Dead Poets Society. So people who are really, really interested in like poetry, literature, the whole movie is like brown basically, and it has like, a dark, <laughs> a dark twist to it. What What do you think? Yeah. So I guess like dark academia is like a nostalgic romanticization of a life before technology, mm-hmm. and has a big basis in like educating yourself. And there's like this deep fascination with life in the late 19th century to the 1940s at boarding schools or classic universities. And you know, it's like a trend that encapsulates a love of books, classical music, candles, gothic architecture, and like all things vintage. Yeah. What are the other kinds of academias? Yeah, so I think dark academia has the most meat to it. The rest seem like they're different just in terms of maybe color palette. The second most popular subset of academia is light academia. So it's, as the name would suggest, not as deep or dark as dark academia. And it kind of just inverts the mood altogether. So the colors Mm -hmm. associated with the aesthetic include white, tan, cream, gold, and like pale colors in general. As for art, it focuses on all like the light aspects of like, like the art from the same era. I guess like really common imagery include like white marble statues. I guess like light academia architecture would be Beaux-Arts or like neoclassical architecture. So like white marble, classical columns, really generous gold ornamentation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't focus as much on painting as much as dark academia does, but when it does, it's mostly impressionist art. So like the fluffy, light, pretty pieces. Movies for light academia include Beauty and the Beast and Enola Holmes. So... Like, think Belle in her blue dress with white apron, singing through the library. The upbeat vibe of Enola Holmes as she, like, solves mysteries. Mm-hmm. And to me, the most emblematic example of, like, academia would be all of, like, the Pride and Prejudice, Little Woman, Emma, like, Secret Garden type <laughs> movies. Like, just super mm-hmm. light and airy. And, like, all the girls there are, like, really educated and love to learn. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, it's like daytime versus nighttime. Yeah, that 
it can be summarized as simple as that. <laughs> uh, it's like, are you like an early bird or a night owl academic? That's how you pick your academia. <laughs> yeah, I would say like Berkeley, the campus yeah. is very light academia vibes. Or I guess like, what is... Wow, I should know this because I fucking worked there. But what's the main <laughs> library called? Gardner? Main Stacks? <laughs> main Stacks, yeah. It's like the Gardner Library. Yeah. Exactly. Like all the columns and the ornamentation on them, like on the, the dentals and stuff. Yeah. So pretty. Very grand. I miss it. We should I totally know. go back. <laughs> we should. Berkeley in general is a great spot for discovering fun architecture moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have light academia. Um, and then we have darkest academia, which is basically dark academia, but it focuses on like the more mature themes of dark academia. So all of the movies they listed in like the aesthetics wiki were just like the more gory and scary <laughs> academia movies. And for art specifically, they focused on gothic art. So like a classic like darkest academia like associate image would be mm-hmm. a gothic style library with like a stormy sky above Ooh. and like lightning and stuff. I think it's also like incorporates murder. Yeah. For yeah. some reason. <laughs> All the murder mystery novels. <laughs> and then we have chaotic academia. So Usually all the academia aesthetics are very orderly. People who embody this aesthetic are really into studying. But chaotic Mm -hmm. academia involves more haphazard routines, including like messy habits, reading unusual or banned literature, and just like fervently studying like erratically. So some associated images were, for example, studying on the floor or scrawling poetry on a napkin in a loud coffee shop. And movies that are chaotic academia are A Beautiful Mind, The Breakfast Club, 10 Things I Hate About You, and Cruella. Very interesting. Yeah, academic adjacent things, but everyone is chaotic. My favorite that we just learned about from studying this is internet academia, which probably isn't a real type of academia, (laughs) but it was started because of the pandemic. I think we came up with these visuals. Yeah. So like the aesthetics that we thought of were like using an academic website like Canvas when you're on a Zoom call and you have like your pajama bottoms and like a nice looking top. (laughs) Discord and memes. And then activities would be like listening to the lo-fi hip hop girl, taking notes in Google Docs, Kahoot, emailing your teachers. And then glow ups for like preparing to go back to school now that (laughs) they're in person again. Yeah, I thought this was a hilarious academia. Because, like, aesthetics is just that. Not that it's shallow. It's, it's like, fun. It's fun to play with mm-hmm. aesthetics. And this is just hilarious to me. Yeah. So why do people love academia? Personally, I appreciate, like, the visual aspects of it. Particularly, it's focused on, like, the architectural aspect. I really like the idea of studying or reading during a rainy day. Although, like, I wouldn't say that it's, like, personally my aesthetic. I just like the idea of it. (laughs) And then it like, you know, romanticizes learning and education, which I think makes it more palatable, especially for students, (laughs) if they can like find a fun way to like read their like textbooks and do their homework, then, you know, more power to them. (laughs) I've heard that too. Like in all the video essays I watched on academia, 
everyone in the comments are always like, I feel like the only way I can get through my bio class is if I pretend I'm an erudite in like 20th century England, you know, coming <laughs> from my prep school exam or whatever. And like, <laughs> and I think it's like a lot more achievable as an aesthetic mm-hmm. just because a lot of the clothes and items are usually vintage oh, yeah. or like they can be thrifted. Also, at a base level, it's just about learning. So, like, you don't even really have to visually follow the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You can be academia if you're just interested in learning. Yeah. Yeah, I also just really love the aesthetic visually. Mm-hmm. I was digging into my Tumblr archives, like, from whatever, like, 2014, 2013, and almost all the images I reblogged were either cottagecore or, like, some kind of <laughs> academia. Because my favorite class in high school was art history and Greek mythology. And like, I remember I was just so drawn to imagery, like marble statues or like bronze statues. I guess like it really aligned with my interests. Mm-hmm. I also love the clothes a lot. <laughs> I mean, I love like colored shirts, pleated skirts, wool coats, knits, Oxford shoes. And yeah. you're right, like it is pretty accessible. Like. I remember in high school, I would just go to Marshalls and get like the super cheap like vinyl Oxfords, and then I'd borrow my mom's <laughs> itchy wool blazer, and then I felt like sophisticated. I felt like really smart. Uh, I felt like I looked rich or educated or whatever. Yeah. And, like, you know, as a high schooler, who doesn't want to feel that way and like you know boost your self esteem? But yeah, I just yeah, I really loved that look. But I guess that kind of relates to why people don't like it. Yeah, so getting into the criticisms of academia in general, a lot of people criticize its, it romanticizes Western Eurocentrism. Like people have criticized it for promoting Western colonial education and the supremacy of like Western classical literature, which when I was reading about it really reminded me of the criticisms of Cottagecore, (laughs) that it was like really white. Yeah. And... Yeah, so I was just kind of like curious about what a more diverse academia aesthetic could look like. Mm -hmm. And so like when I was like researching like diverse dark academia, I found like this one Reddit post where someone like created like an image mood board where it was like a lot of the visuals of dark academia, but just with like a person of color in like a Western setting, which I get wanting to like see yourself in these places Mm -hmm. and doing these things I guess but I was also kind of like when I think of more diverse academia aesthetic I was thinking diverse in terms of like what you're learning about and the visuals being more diverse as well like more architecture from like other countries yeah no that makes sense it's like why is it that like to be like an academic and to love like learning and being intellectual like why does that have to center like europe like why can't you be an intellectual and like want to study mosques in like iran for example yeah why is that not equally like an image that you want or like why why is it like the joy luck club isn't like a book that you want to read or something (laughs) yeah china had like a whole class of scholars yeah i'm just remembering like those chinese dramas (laughs) way back in where they were like in the ancient eras It just reminds me of how, like, the Philippines had universities older than Harvard. And, like, when the U.S. went to go colonize the Philippines, they were like, oh, you're all so, like, backwards and, like, uneducated. When really, like, 
they were way more educated technically than, mm-hmm. you know, the U.S. was at the time. And it's like, <laughs> why, why is that not considered an academic yeah. aesthetic worth buying for? Kind of a side note, but I was watching this Watcher video, one of their series called Puppet History, and they were actually doing a video on, like, this person from the Philippines who, like, I don't know, he, like, led a revolution, but he was, like, he was also, like, just an academic. He was really interested in learning. That just reminded me of that. Love history. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jose Rizal, the Philippines' reluctant revolutionary. Mm. I'd love to look into that. Yeah, I love puppet history. It's so chaotic. (laughs) Maybe it would fall under chaotic academia because, like, the puppet is called the professor. (laughs) (laughs) We can link it in the this podcast description. Oh yeah. What are some of your your thoughts on like the Western Eurocentricism of academia? Yeah, I think. Honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying this genre of books or movies or clothing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing inherently wrong about enjoying like Jane Eyre or like the Dead Poet Society. I think the issue is when people glorify like these, you know, so-called classics and like high culture and then deem it superior to like all other genres because I feel like I've ran into so many people at Berkeley and they think they're so much better than you because they'd rather read like the secret history than like scroll through Instagram or whatever. I think, like I said earlier, like why is it that to be intelligent or to be an academic, the pinnacle of learning is just like studying stuff made by white people and like in Western cultures. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with liking that stuff, but it's just like when it's the only thing that people talk about or like are focused on, that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Gabby Petito thing. People are only focused on the white person. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay, thank goodness that person's story was solved. But like, yeah, there are so many other people who deserve to be found and they're just not. Yeah. And who also deserve to be learned from. Yeah. Different cultures and like people have things of value that we can learn about. Yeah. And it's like, if you have to say like, well, I just really like insert Western art or aesthetic media like you have to really think about why you feel that way we subscribed to this youtuber named alice capel and she made this now deleted video essay on academia that i thought was super interesting unfortunately it's not up anymore so we can kind of summarize it now and she brings up what are the more problematic parts of dark academia or just academia in general because you can say you know i just like the clothes but it's still really worth learning a about the origin of the aesthetic because it is actually dark and uncomfortable. And so I guess like her her main point is that the people that were romanticizing, people who actually, you know, these academics that we're trying to model after, who actually, you know, went to these prestigious universities and wore these like really cute uniforms or whatever, more often than not, they were people who probably wouldn't like you. <laughs> like obviously not a hundred percent of them. Um, but overall, like these were really wealthy boys who probably were not all that smart because their parents most likely paid through donations or alumni status for them to Mm. get into Harvard or Yale or whatever the school is. And it was really common for these young men to be in, I guess, like what back then was a fraternity. Um, It was just a part of being in a prestigious Ivy League school. And part of like hazing would be to supposedly burn stacks of money in front of homeless people and just like rain hell on wow. like the cities that they they were in and 
I mean, it was just normal back then, I'm sure, like in the late 1800s and early 1900s, um, because really you didn't go to these schools unless you were rich. So I think, and then oftentimes, like, they would study these, like, really niche subjects, like art history and Latin and classics or whatever, which are ultimately back then, like, pretty impractical majors. And you would have to have some kind of privilege to study those things. Like, you couldn't, you know, you can study whatever you want and know that you'd be okay because your parents will, like, kind of take care of you and you have a trust fund. And so it's kind of like, like, yes, it's okay if you like this look, but it's worth like wondering why you like it it's like you want to kind of I don't know, for me it feels bad like knowing that i'm cosplaying like these shitty rap boys from like the <laughs> whatever the 1800s because i feel like yeah. in my days in high school like when i wanted to dress like that that was also the time in my life when i just prayed to god every night that i could wake up the next morning as like a rich white girl in like an east coast boarding school mm. and it's like i gotta really unpack why i really enjoy this aesthetic because yeah, I did enjoy our history, but, like, there was also a lot of other, you know, stuff going on at the time. But yeah, I don't know. What yeah. about you? Uh, did I watch that video? <laughs> I think I I think I did watch it, but <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to, like, engage with the aesthetic critically and really think about why you like it. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> yeah. Wow, so deep. <laughs> no, it's so true. I was just thinking about Gilmore Girls, which I think oh. would also be academia. Oh, yeah. And, but, like, have you watched Gilmore, Gilmore I Girls? I have, yeah. That's way yeah, less dark. So, like, yeah, what's, what's that guy's name? Logan? At Yale? Her boyfriend at Yale. I'm pretty sure his sure. name is Logan. Anyway, the blonde. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when she went to Yale, like, they were a part of, like, that secret society where they would just run around and, like, fuck shit up. <laughs> chaotic academia (laughs) yeah especially like after watching um like the year in the life of the gilmore girls it's kind of like these rich academic people who like think they have it all figured out and then like i mean like logan has kind of leaned into his privilege like he knows that he's privileged Mm -hmm. and he's just like taking advantage of it but like i think rory thinks more of herself but at the same time like she won't acknowledge her privilege and so she doesn't understand why like she can't not put effort into things mm. <laughs> like it doesn't she doesn't understand why things aren't working out for her the way she expects them to and i feel like that's maybe like one of the issues with i don't i don't know i don't know what i'm saying here no no I'm that's just... such a great tie-in was this like the episode where she wanted she's like she turned into this journalist paper or whatever and she didn't make it and she was really sad about mm-hmm. it yeah or maybe it was just all of her time at yale it was such a long time ago like i can't watch Gilmore Girls anymore because after watching A Year in the Life it kind of ruined <laughs> her character for me <laughs> oh, uh, I mean I really liked younger Rory I feel like back then she was like actually trying hard and mm. then she became an adult and now she's just like why aren't things easy <laughs> but yeah I guess like what I'm trying to say is that like there's a lot of privilege associated with the things that are being glorified in academia yeah that i think that a lot of especially like people of color who like academia wouldn't have yeah that's a great point some other like criticisms are that like it romanticizes unhealthy behavior i think i mean i think this is just like education in general maybe particularly u.s education 
where, you know, there's a lot of, like, stress and procrastination, pulling all-nighters. There's a focus on, like, excessive consumption of coffee. And so, like, I think dark academia especially, like, kind of embraces this Mm. unhealthy behavior, like, educating yourself at all costs. Yeah. Like, that's the cause. Whereas I feel like when I was reading about it, like, light academia and stuff are just more healthy in general they're more like focused on self-care making sure that you're healthy while you're learning that's a good point like when i think about a dark academia person it's like it's like 5 a.m and they're at the the basement in their library and they're just like their hair is messy and they're just like yeah like fiercely writing notes and yeah it kind of like romanticizes the stress and procrastination which maybe makes people who are like in the school system still like makes them feel better about the stress that they're facing like this is just my aesthetic (laughs) yeah but it's not healthy yeah yeah i guess it's like you can't really do anything about it because that's just the way the school system is now yeah and so you just have to like make the best of it by romanticizing it which is really sad (laughs) (laughs) give it a name and then another criticism that I thought was like kind of funny <laughs> is like people criticize that academia has a lack of true academic thought. <laughs> like people are just taking on this aesthetic for the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. They're not actually learning. They're focused more on the visuals than actually like participating in like academic work and like deep thought. And they're like just kind of assuming this persona and being pretentious. They like looking smart. Yeah. <laughs> like Rory. <laughs> I'm just so salty about her. Um, and so like something like I've never read A Secret History, but apparently a lot of like people's appreciation for The Secret History is a little ironic because it's supposed to be a satire. People are trying to mimic their lifestyle and personality of the characters and they're like missing the point of the novel. <laughs> Which is mocking the main characters who are like these academics Uh and stuff. This is kind of meta. Yeah. So we've talked about how this aesthetic is controversial because it is exclusive to a lot of groups of people, like people of color, women, lower income people. And so we've been seeing, kind of like with Cottagecore, it's interesting to us because now we can enter the narrative by force. Like I can dress up like, a 19th century Yale academic having never been admitted to Yale or like not being rich for example and like I guess there's kind of a satisfaction in seeing yourself in like a context in which you were historically excluded from someone who looked like me could never really have been in these movies or like you know afforded like even the style of clothing that they could wear and so there's something like super gratifying and like satisfying by you know like thrifting the outfits and studying my books or whatever and kind of just like being like ha I can do it too to like the people who kind of historically excluded people like me yeah that's like a a positive spin on it but I think we were talking about how there's kind of like a fine line between like reclaiming the aesthetic and like romanticizing Mm -hmm. it and I'm still like not super sure like where the line is so what, what what were your thoughts on that I think it can be a bit of both. I think you can, like, put yourself in the aesthetic and, like, reclaim it and, like, put yourself in the story and and romanticize these aspects of academia, like, these Western aspects of academia. But I think you should also, you know, again, like, engage with it critically 
and be thoughtful about how you take part in the aesthetic or any aesthetic. Again, I think it's fine to like like Western academia, but you should also maybe think about what are other cultures that you could learn from. Learn learn about those too. Yeah. You sent me a video recently that said, if you're interested mm-hmm. in learning and the only kind of learning that you're interested in is from this very narrow subset of like white Western literature or whatever, like that's actually ignorance. You are mm-hmm. not truly like an <laughs> academic in that way. <laughs> and I mean, I think there's like too much of a focus on like the aesthetic itself sometimes when really academia is about learning. That's really what it's about. You don't need to glorify Western <laughs> architecture or classics. You can just learn. Yeah. But that kind of brings us to something that we, <laughs> that we learned about like right before <laughs> recording this episode. <laughs> which is gray academia and it's supposed to be like a less problematic dark academia it's like dark academia but woke and i found this youtube video about it that said it was like short-lived and like probably faced a backlash because it seemed pointless and unnecessary so gray academia from my understanding is just like dark academia but without this focus on western subjects and it's supposed to be more inclusive of different cultures and LGBTQ people. But I think the backlash was because it just kind of seemed unnecessary to create a whole subset of academia that was just about being inclusive when really we could be working on making the current academia aesthetic more inclusive. It seemed very performative. I mean, it made sense at first. So I was like, yeah, fine, like someone gets it, you know? I guess, like, naming aesthetics is useful in that you can find related content to it. So I was thinking, like, yeah, like, with Grey Academia, I can actually find aesthetics of people, like, studying Taoism or whatever. But, like, (laughs) then that would mean there would be, like, a racist aesthetic and then, like, a non-racist academia aesthetic. It made more sense to just want to try to make the original aesthetic more inclusive. (laughs) In the video, there was this Tumblr post that was all like critical of gray academia. They were like, gray academia is pointless. Light academia isn't even related to dark academia. It's something completely different, but you guys just want to get brownie points for being inclusive. You can like a genre or aesthetic and still be critical of things. I'm not gonna assume you're a racist or a homophobe or elitist because you reblog some photos of white people in itchy clothes (laughs) or you post a picture of some books. Yeah, which kind of, like, gets into your whole thing of, like, if you create, like, a a great academia for, like, the woke people, then that kind of implies that dark academia is, like, for non-woke people. And I feel like that just kind of puts us even more into our bubbles. Yeah. You know, and we're, like, not learning from people across, like, political ideologies, which I feel like is still worthwhile even if you like don't agree with them and you don't have to agree with them i think having a conversation with somebody who thinks who has like different political beliefs Mm -hmm. is still valuable like you can still learn about the way that they think or like learn why they think what they think it can still reinforce your own beliefs or Mm -hmm. you know make you think more critically about why you think what you think so that you can argue with them about (laughs) what they think (laughs) yeah because like i can see if like people leaned into that distinction between like dark and gray academia people who do enjoy like our history and like whatever greek architecture or latin 
they would just be like, okay, that's what I like. I'm just going to stick to this and, like, not think about everything else. Like, you guys who like everything else, you can go into gray academia. Mm-hmm. It's more important to introduce people of color and, like, women into, like, the original. Yeah. It's, like, a good way to introduce people to different ideas. So that was academia. There are a lot more academias. If you go to the wiki, there's, like, a bunch There's way too many different kinds of academias. Sometimes I think we need to calm down (laughs) with all these aesthetics. (laughs) I think I saw on like one of the um, academia wiki pages, like someone commented like, why do you guys need to come up with a name for literally everything? Like we already have a name for this. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess, I mean, I guess it's just how people want to relate to yeah. things they want to feel like they're a part of something and yeah, all that a micro community but yeah thanks for listening to our newest internet aesthetic episode that's actually about an internet aesthetic <laughs> the music for this podcast is rose ornamental by blue dot sessions if you enjoyed listening you can find us on instagram at net.aesthetic or leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash internet aesthetic and actually I totally forgot about this. We probably should have put this in the intro, but we have a website now. Oh, yeah. If you guys want to visit that, I mean, there's not much new on there. It's just our, it's just our episodes. We have an about page, so you guys can like kind of learn about us. Get to know us. Um, yeah, we have a contact form, so you guys can also send us your thoughts there. And yeah. We hope you join us again next week. Bye. Bye.